present-day Manhattan. She knew something was wrong the minute she set foot in the ladies' restroom. It was one of three bathrooms on her floor, shared among nearly two dozen offices, a small café, and a nail salon. This one was situated about halfway between Nadia's office and the café, so a trip to the restroom always triggered a craving for a latte, a guilty pleasure at this time of day. But although she loved her work, Nadia's attention would wane in the afternoons, just about the time the sun came round to her window, warm and distracting, gently luring her away from whatever it was she was doing. The Europeans had it right, she thought, with their afternoon naps. And yet, sluggish as she sometimes felt, she knew she would never be able to sleep. A shot of caffeine seemed the next best thing. It would give her that second wind, even if it did leave her a little on edge and make it all the harder for her to sleep that night. Aside from these two o'clock doldrums, as Nadia came to think of them, she had no complaints. Her career had progressed like a fairy tale, with everything falling magically into place. If only the rest of her life were this easy, she might not be spending her vacation in her office. But it comforted her to be there, where everything made sense, and her efforts were always met with success. And she was proud of each and every accomplishment, like a mother doting over her children. Why, just to get an office in this part of Manhattan was an achievement in itself. It was impossible to do without the right connections, in addition to enormous amounts of money. And even then, there were concessions. Her office, for example, was terribly small. But size had ceased to matter once she'd gotten her first glimpse out the only window and saw that it overlooked Bryant Park. It was mid-July, and the hollyhocks were coming into bloom. All up and down their imperious stalks were pastel-colored flowerets, with furled edges peeking out from the big billowing leaves like cheeky girls in Easter bonnets. Nadia also spied an array of bright yellow and orange daylilies among clusters of purple foxglove. There were too many species for her sweeping gaze to identify, but she was delighted by the prospect of admiring each and every one from her new office window. Gardens were in short supply in the city, and she had killed enough houseplants to give up on any dreams of someday creating one of her own. But now, she could enjoy extensive gardens without chipping a nail. She imagined herself taking long, leisurely walks through the park in the mornings, or bringing her laptop outside to work on sunny afternoons, neither of which she ever actually did in the six years she'd been there. Yet she had a deep appreciation for flowers, almost a distant calling to be near them, and she knew that their mere presence would satisfy that primal urge. Cost hadn't been a factor, apart from the occasional twinges of guilt she felt about it, but in those moments she reminded herself that location played a huge part in the immense sums of money she was able to raise. Her success depended on her proximity to the most privileged, and Manhattan was where the most privileged were housed. Education and wealth afforded social consciousness. Compassion for the less fortunate was as much of a luxury as jewelry or fine wine. A sad fact, but one which Nadia had been made aware of from a very young age. That awareness was what made her so good at what she did. She truly believed in what she was doing. She sometimes wondered who benefited the most the relief victims she raised money for, or the people making the contributions. The key was to make it personal for the donors. Nadia made sure her patrons knew exactly where the money was going, sparing them no detail. She made her charity events educational 
and encouraged other forms of giving besides just the writing of a check. Her efforts accomplished much more than mere fundraising. She brought multitudes of people together, improving the lives of more than just her relief victims. Those who had everything found a new satisfaction in such activities as fishing through disaster debris for a treasured child's toy, or scrubbing mold from the walls of a flooded schoolhouse. Although she was never satisfied that she'd done enough, Nadia loved every minute of it. Helping people in crisis gave her life a sense of meaning, and the fundraising was the icing on the cake. It was exciting and effortless, and Nadia went about it first class all the way, as her mother would have said. Nadia supposed she had a little of her mother in her after all, although her father was the one she had consciously tried to emulate. She'd been influenced, one way or the other, by both parents—